faithwire.com. Well, it was the most incredible weekend in NFL playoff history. Plus, there's disturbing news with Ukraine and Russia. Today is Monday, January 24th, 2022. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have this top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. You can find us on iTunes. Go ahead and subscribe over there. We're here Monday through Friday. Well, most of the time, March for Life kind of derailed us last week, but we're, we try to be here Monday through Friday, and we're here most of the time, Monday through Friday. You know, cut us some slack there. But uh, joining me is Trey Gons Phillips and Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faithwire with a look at what's coming up. Happy Monday, fellas. It's almost Friday. It's almost Friday. We're almost <laughs> right. There. I mean, it seems like since we, so we got to DC on Thursday yeah. and it just seems like, hasn't this been like three weeks since that happened? No, but it was, <laughs> yeah. it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was. Um, At the so March for y'all Light, should, yes. You should go back on our CBN YouTube channel and watch the live stream. We have a bunch of good interviews on there. You can skip through and see, and you know, it was a good, it was yes, a good time. Indeed. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to be today talking about Benjamin Watson. He's calling out uh, Senator Raphael Warnock, who repeatedly claims that he's a pro-choice pastor. So we'll get into the details about that. Mm. And I'll be talking about Jaina Kramer. She's a singer and actress who has found Jesus. She got baptized over the weekend, and we'll tell a little bit about her story. All right. Looking forward to that. Plus, we're going to also hit this uh, imminent possible invasion as tensions between uh, Russia and Ukraine are rising but we're going to start here with story number one and just what an insane weekend of football it was and not normally you know we're going to focus too much on sports but it was insane and i know billy and trey neither of you two guys are big sports (laughs) fanatics so i'm not sure that you were watching it but social media was exploding including the meltdown you watched the meltdown there you go you watched the meltdown on social media but in particular all four games over the weekend ended basically on the last play. Um, Cincinnati, they beat the Titans on a last-second field goal. Uh, then you had San Francisco upsetting the Packers in Green Bay, also on a last-second field goal uh, there where Aaron Rodgers uh, ended up losing yet again in the playoffs. Uh, this has been a long streak for him since he won the Super Bowl, I think, over 10 years ago now. Uh, then the Buccaneers had a furious comeback, and Tom Brady um, tied the game near the end just in miraculous fashion after an unfortunate fumble uh, there by the Rams. But then the Rams ended up winning it with two huge plays to Cooper Cup, who's CBN. We have some interviews uh, with Cooper Cup, who is a Christian uh, and outspoken about his faith, and he had two huge catches Um, towards the end of that game to set up their game-winning field goal and send them into the NFC Championship game. But the game of the day, out of all of those, was without a doubt last night the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, the highest-paid and best quarterback in the game right now, and uh, Josh Allen leading the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills have had this long history of near misses. They went to four straight Super Bowls, famously lost them all. A one in particular when they had a chance to win in a field goal and just missed it just barely. Uh, so tough history there. And the Bills, this game, just to give you an idea of how insane this was, the game was 26 to 21 Chiefs after a field goal with 855 left. That was still the score with just under two minutes to go. And then both teams combined in the last one minute and 54 seconds for 25 points. That 
for anybody who doesn't know in sports, that's almost impossible to do. So basically, the Bills score a touchdown. First of all, it was on a fourth and 13. So they had one shot at it, and they get a 27. They don't even just get the first down. They get a 27-yard touchdown pass. So there's only less than two minutes to go. Well, the Chiefs come back down, and they go five plays, 75 yards, and hit a 64-yard touchdown pass, which, again, usually at the end of the game, is difficult because the teams are usually playing called prevent defense, which means they are structuring their defense to give you a bunch of stuff short and not give up the big play. They still somehow got a 64-yard touchdown. Okay, so now the game looks like it might be over again. Well, no, not so fast. With one minute left, the Bills go back down the other way and score again with... 13 seconds left. They score a 19-yard touchdown pass. Uh, so now it looks like the game's over. They're up 36 to 33 at this point, but not so fast. 13 seconds is apparently enough time for Patrick Mahomes to get his team into field goal position. It took uh, three plays, well, two plays and 44 yards. And a lot of people were criticizing the Bills here for not kicking a what's called a squib kick or kicking it short where it hits the ground. Because then some time would roll off the clock, you know, it'd get down to eight, nine seconds um, and making it virtually impossible to go into field goal range. But they didn't. They kicked it long, went out of bounds. So no time went off the clock and there was still 13 seconds left. Still highly improbable to go all the way down the field and get into field goal range. Well, in two plays, they did it and they hit Harrison Bucker, hit the 49 yard field goal to tie the game, send it into overtime. And then this is where the meltdown happened, Billy. The overtime. Everyone's complaining about the rules because the NFL still does it with a coin flip. And the Chiefs won the coin flip. And if you get a touchdown on your first drive, the game is over. That's exactly what the Chiefs did. They drove down the field and got a touchdown to Travis Kelsey on an eight-yard pass from Mahomes. And that was it. Ball game over. Buffalo fans are distraught. But what a wild game. I know you guys didn't watch virtually any of it. Not sure if you followed anything I just said there, but a wild weekend in the NFL and certainly entertaining. And everyone was kind of saying, guys, here, maybe maybe this is the why it matters. Everyone was saying, finally, something to bring us together. Everyone can not talk about politics for five minutes and just unite on how crazy these games were. Well... I guess. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, <laughs> we, it, it is it is interesting. I just wonder what the coin toss issue, which seemed to be the thing that was part of the meltdown. Yeah. Nobody, I mean, that the people melting down about that would be rejoicing if the toss right. had gone the other way. Exactly. And that's exactly what Josh Allen said, who is the Bills quarterback. And he said, you know, look, I, I'm not going to complain about the rules because if we won the coin flip and went down and scored a touchdown, we would be celebrating as well. We wouldn't be complaining, uh, you know, about the rules. And Look, a lot of people have pointed out, whoever's complaining about the rules, the defense is part of your team. Like they say, well, they didn't get a chance. Well, the defense is half of your team. So the chance was you need to stop the offense. Like perform better. Right, exactly. Perform better. So, you know, it's it is. Sorry, sorry, Bills fans. Right. (laughs) Oh, and you can send those emails to uh, uh, Billy Hallowell at (laughs) faithwire.com or cbn.org, whatever your email address is. So it auto populates for me. So I don't have to know. But anyway, uh, all right. So there you, know, you go. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I feel like I have nothing constructive that can, I can add to this conversation. Right. But I, I will say that I remember as a little kid, I would go into school. Like this is in probably elementary and then in middle school. And everybody, obviously, after the weekend would talk about the game, you know, like 
during NFL season, football season, whatever the game was that weekend, they would go and they would talk about it uh, on Monday morning. Um, and I remember going home and talking to my parents, what is this game that everyone's talking about? And how does everyone know which one they're talking about? Like, weren't there, weren't there a lot of games? And then my parents were like, well, if you, if we watch football, you would know. And I was like, well, I do, I do not I know. I don't. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> that's but great. anyway, that's, that now, now I have that experience on Twitter when you, Dan, I see like tweets that have no context, context right. whatsoever. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is the most yeah. insane like, oh. thing I've ever seen. That was yeah. the tweet last night. I was watching football. Because you know, yeah. All of these other people I follow all doing the same thing. I'm like, oh, there, it must be the game again. Yes, it is the game so. again. And, you know, look, the, <laughs> the, the interesting thing too, I'll throw this out here. I don't know about Mahomes or Allen. Maybe somebody can fill me in, but there are so many high profile Christians. I'm pretty sure Matthew Stafford, because yeah. his wife went through a health issue earlier, uh, I think last season when he was with the Lions. And, um, you know, so they talked about openly about their faith. Cooper Cup, as I mentioned, talks about his, his faith. It, it just seems like there's just so many Christians. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz, Frank Reich, all those guys on the Colts. And then, um, you know, it just it just seems to be a common theme, and there just seems to be a lot of solid Christians mm -hmm. out there um, open about their faith. Yeah. So as much as a lot of people like to complain about the NFL or if you guys don't even care about sports, to, to it's still cool to see, you know, these high-profile athletes, especially when they're sharing their faith. That's always good stuff. So um, yeah. that's, that's something well, we can that... get behind as a faith audience. So Yeah, and that's a perfect segue into my story. All right. uh, even though I know nothing about sports, we're going to be talking about former NFL player Benjamin Watson, uh, who is a Christian and who is outspokenly pro-life. Uh, so he called out Senator Raphael Warnock on Sunday uh, after the lawmaker, who also is a pastor, tweeted about being a pro-choice pastor. Uh, so Warnock is the senior pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, and he tweeted that as a pro-choice pastor, he always believed that a patient's room is way too small for a woman, her doctor, and in the, and the United States government. So Watson was quick to respond. He quote tweeted uh, the senator, uh, and he referenced data from the pro-life group, the Human Coalition, uh, which claims that 76% of the abortion-seeking women who find or connect with uh, the organization say that they would prefer to parent rather than abort their child if their circumstances were different. Uh, so Watson tweeted, a pastor knows the value of human life. A senator knows how to support mother and child. Sir, you know better. Stop being so scared. Uh, in a follow-up tweet, he wrote, be careful when someone emphasizes their position in the church before stating what they have always believed, not what God's word says. Uh, they've sacrificed moral credibility to accrue power and use their religious position as cover for an agenda. It does not have to be this way, uh, is how Watson con concluded uh, his tweet. And something interesting, it reminded me, guys, of uh, an interview that I did in 2020 with Alveda King, uh, who is the niece of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, he or she condemned Warnock also uh, for his pro-abortion claim that he's a pro-choice uh, pastor. Uh, she told us that he's doing such a disservice to his own congregation, to the women and the men and the families and the children and his community. He should be giving them alternatives. There are better ways uh, to live. Let me as a pastor of this church help you so you don't have to kill a baby and hurt your own body, as what she suggested he say instead of being for abortion. As she went on to say that Warnock should offer real, genuine service to his parishioners that, that cannot include abortion. God said choose life. He didn't give any excuses uh, for not choosing life. 
The interesting piece here uh, is that uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was once pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church, uh, but Alveda King differentiates the church as it currently stands from the historic Ebenezer Baptist Church uh, that her uncle led. Uh, she said, historic Ebenezer was an altar that was raised to God in the Bible. Now the Horizons Ebenezer, uh, which is the, the name that it goes by now, she said, is an altar to Baal. Uh, they're across the street from uh, each other. So when Raphael Warnock says, I'm preaching for Martin Luther King Jr.'s pulpit, well, historic Ebenezer, that's God's pulpit. Uh, that is the real Ebenezer. Uh, and she does not see the two churches as connected anymore. Uh, but I think why it matters is is we've gotten to this point in our culture. We were talking about this earlier today before we started taping, uh, where it seems like there's there are some in the progressive wing of Christianity, and certainly people can have different views of stuff, and that's not what we're talking about. But when it comes to the issue of life, uh, it seems like we are, are gaslighting one another, said, no, you can be a Christian and you can be for abortion. Uh, you can be a Christian and have a, have a, a pro-life ethic you know, in, in word, uh, and still be okay with abortion. It's like the two can't really coexist together. Uh, we need to find a way to have a conversation that's fruitful uh, and separate the two uh, without people just repeatedly claiming, no, I can be both and it's okay. Uh, so how we have that conversation, I think, is something that we're still figuring out. Uh, but it's clear with, with tweets like Warnock's and then Ben Watson's response that it's a conversation we need to have frequently, uh, particularly coming off the heels of the of the March for Life, like y'all said. Mm. Yeah, it, it does seem like there's this shift in culture where yeah. there seems to be a safety, at least it feels like a safety net for people of faith to identify as pro-choice and as evidenced by Warnock's comments there. And so that's definitely a shift from how things have been in the past, without a doubt. Well, and the underarching, I guess, overarching at this point belief that whatever we feel and think is the truth. And we, yeah. we say this almost every episode because this is what's happening in culture. You then can just translate that and force anything you think or believe into the system you claim to believe in. I mean, the idea that somebody would start a tweet with as a pro-choice pastor right. and then proceed to talk about a patient's room and not mention it all the fact that there's a baby involved, just to mention the woman, the doctor, <laughs> yeah. and the government, um, shows you everything you need to know about the fact that you probably can't trust many of the sermons coming from this person. <laughs> yeah, and that was the irony that Ben Watson pointed out. I don't think I referenced this, but the, the very first comment he said in his tweet was, is a patient's room too small for the child as well? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's there's a, there's a dark irony to this entire mm. conversation for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> All right. Well, that brings us to our last story here, our next story, which involves Jaina Kramer. Um, if you're a fan of country music, you might know who she is. She's a country music singer. She's also an actress uh, who's done a lot of movies and shows. And she's had a really interesting past, a lot of tabloid things that have come out about her over the years. And what was so fascinating over the weekend was to see that she had gotten baptized on Sunday. And there's video of the baptism. And as you start to dig into her Instagram and you see the two posts she made, it's incredibly um, touching. The first post basically said, you know, she said, I don't have words yet. I will. But for now, in the name of Jesus, there's healing. And then with that post, that's all she wrote. She shows the video of her very emotional getting into the baptismal pool getting baptized and it looks like her child is nearby her and it's clearly a really emotional moment and you see a lot of celebrities in the comments responding um you know Candace Cameron Bure, Ben Higgins lots of people encouraging her and then there's a follow up 
post that she that she put up later on in the day. And in that post, she really gave her testimony. And, you know, I, I guess I'll I'll jump, you know, ahead a little bit to the why it matters. It matters when people of people who are celebrity, people of note, when they when they openly discuss their faith. It's a hard world, Hollywood, to to be a Christian in, but she was incredibly vulnerable, sharing her faith openly in an industry where that is not an easy thing to do. And she talked about how she had always felt like she walked alone in life and how on Sunday with her baptism and her public proclamation of her faith, she had stopped walking alone. And then she goes in, and I just want to read a little bit of it because it's pretty beautiful. She says, the beauty is I was never alone. He was always walking with me. I just didn't think I deserved it. And if I'm honest, I didn't know how to trust it or if I could trust it at all. And she talked about her struggles with looking up to father figures based on her past and that she pushed God away for years but that God was waiting for her to come to him. And then she said, and today I made my faith public and it feels really good to know no matter what happens next on this journey of life, he is next to me walking with me. And just a really powerful proclamation and statement about letting God in. And she also then doesn't just stop there. She encourages other people to let God into their lives. If they're struggling the way she was to make sure they do that. And so it's just, I I love seeing this with celebrities, seeing them have these vulnerable life change moments. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, baptisms never get old. And uh, interesting, because you mentioned Billy on the Instagram, all these people responding. So I went and looked. Tori Spelling is first on there with a response. That's interesting. I don't know anything about Tori Mm -hmm. Spelling's faith, but of course. uh, Other people too, like a housewife, wife was on there for a lot of people. You would be like, oh, that that's interesting. And then, of course, the Candace Cameron berets of the world and and others who you would expect. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. It's a really cool story of how God uh, pursues us, right? I think that's something that we don't talk about a a whole lot. We always talk about someone becoming a Christian, but we don't necessarily remember that's the Holy Spirit that is actively seeking us uh, over the years because we are are broken and fallen and we're, we're not inclined to righteousness, but it's God who's seeking after us. It reminded me of Luke 19, 10, where it says, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. And this is just a really cool story of that lived out. Like she can look back in retrospect and she can see God was always there. The Holy Spirit was always there pursuing me. Uh, and finally I got to the point where it was where I made the decision to to follow Christ and to become a believer and to publicly talk about it. So it's it's a really cool story of God's pursuit of us uh, and his faithfulness uh, in our lives. Yeah. And and I, you can never underestimate by the way just anyone remotely in the entertainment or Hollywood industry coming out at like with their faith like this because It's a courageous thing to do. It is. It is. I mean, you want to talk about renegades in Hollywood and it's you know, everyone thinks of, you know, the Miley Cyruses of the world who go out there in skimpy outfits and everything else. And I keep arguing that this is way more countercultural and brave <laughs> yes. to do something like this, right? Like it's so it's brave. To, it's so brave to go with the status quo and right. come out for issues that everyone right. endorses already in your industry. <laughs> right. Everyone issues everyone endorses be overly sexualized and all of that. And then wow. <laughs> so, you know, that's and then they get applauded for look at the how edgy they are. Like now, I would say getting baptized and expressing your faith in Christ yeah. is edgy, especially in Hollywood. Look, so speaking of the Miley Cyrus thing, I don't know this is a whole different conversation, so we don't have to go down this. She get baptized too. Rabbit or? hole. No. Well what I was what I was gonna say is is that what a crazy cultural flip that we've had that now 
objectifying yourself and sexualizing yourself, that's empowering to women. Right. Like, but that's a, that's a whole different conversation that yeah. we can have no, at indeed. another time. Indeed. But I like that. That's a good one to have. Um, all right, let's uh, let's hit this last story. We got some a few minutes left for this, guys, and this is kind of one of the big newsy stories of the day. The U.S. is uh, on the cusp of uh, potentially sending several thousand U.S. troops into Eastern Europe uh, in what's becoming a pretty big security crisis now between Moscow uh, and the West. And so there's this high stakes sort of game of diplomacy going on here, and um, you know where the U.S. is kind of standing put and firm in its commitment to NATO allies by sending a couple hundred million in military aid and anti-tank missiles. Um, And NATO countries are also sending military help. Uh, This is, you know, over the whole tension between Russia and Ukraine here. And so there's this this really real fear of a war potentially uh, brewing. There's a there's a level four do not travel advisory along the Ukrainian border and it says don't travel to Russia due to ongoing tension along the border with Ukraine the potential for harassment against U.S. citizens the embassy's limited ability to assist U.S. citizens in Russia COVID-19 etc etc so more than 100,000 Russian troops are believed to be along the Ukraine-Russia border right now as well as Ukraine's border with its northern neighbor Belarus And so the British government claims it has intelligence that Russia's plotting to install a pro-Russian leader in Ukraine. And the UK says several former Ukrainian politicians have been recruited for the measure. Russia calls that nonsense and disinformation. So so I guess we should drop it because Russia said it's disinformation. So you can trust them. (laughs) Oh, man. uh, Obviously kidding there. But obviously, guys, so, I mean, you have this... um, Tension is building up. We've seen it before in the past, and you, know, you understand, you know the, the the way Putin and Russia views Ukraine, you know, as kind of part of the motherland, and that they want to control it. But um, uh, and it's often used as a pawn in sort of these bigger global games. So uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that situation for sure. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's really kind of crazy to see all of this you know, unfold because it's like the same key players again and Mm -hmm. again and again. And clearly this is more important than ever for our nation to look strong in the eyes of the world, especially Putin. And so, yeah, I'm hoping we make the right moves. We've got a lot to pray for, for our leaders there. Yeah. And it's interesting to see the way the dynamic uh, is different in different places around the country. Like I was just reading earlier that an official with the European union uh, so that they're not pulling their diplomats' families out of uh, out of Ukraine like the United States is, uh, and so that there's no need to dramatize the situation. Uh, but it, you know, it certainly is a a crazy situation that's developing and something to to pay attention to for sure. Uh, and I, you know, like y'all said, something to to pray for as believers because. Um, you know, there are human beings involved. I think it's easy to have these conversations and we can abstractly discuss it and read about it and talk about it. Uh, but, you you know, it's easy to forget that there are human beings tethered to these issues and that's what really matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as believers, that should be our priority uh, in having these conversations, not only that they're safe physically, uh, but that there's opportunity for people on the ground, believers on the ground, wherever these things are happening, to help bring spiritual safety to these people. Uh, and there's there's no better time to have a conversation about 
spirituality than when life itself is so uncertain. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Four and Three Podcasts. As always, head on over to faithwire.com and cbnnews.com and uh, for more news from a Christian perspective. And also, don't miss our, if you missed it, go back and check out our uh, live stream coverage of the March for Life, which we were at on Friday. So God bless. Have a great rest of your Monday. We'll see you tomorrow.